Good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are in the world, and welcome to the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast Spoiler Minisode for Spider Way, Spider Man, No Way Home. I'm excited already. Who am I? I'm Matt Hudson from What I Watch Tonight, and I'm joined as ever from across the pond by the statesman to my kingsman, John Burke from Burke Reviews. How are you, sir? I am doing very well, Matt. How are you? Uh, I'm so excited to say Spider Way, No Man Home is what we're watching tonight. What we're talking about tonight, apparently. But yep, I'm uh, I'm doing well. I've we we managed to navigate our non-spoiler review of No Way Home expertly, but we we, we were both bursting at the seams, a bit like Tobey Maguire in the train scene, or Tom Holland in the ferry scene, or uh, Andrew Garfield trying to catch Gwen. We were bursting to just try not to let the spoilers out, but now. We can do. If you haven't seen Spider-Man No Way Home, why the hell are you listening to this? Because we're going to spoil everything about the film. And trust me, you do not want to be going in. John? I want, I, want, I want to go first. I want to go first. I was going to so, say, the first thing I'll ask you, though, were you at all spoiled going in? Did, did, was there anything which was leaked which you knew for definite? Not rumours, but which you knew was, oh, no, I wish no. I hadn't. Um, not outside of the, the marketing stuff, like I kind of wish they'd kept Doc Ock and, and Green Goblin and Electro yeah. secret as yeah. well. But no, um, the, the big reveal though, the reveal that everyone, it was chomping at their bit for <laughs> Thomas Hayden church is in this movie, guys. He does show up. He's uh, there. He is there. And so is Reese. I always forget the news name of the guy. What is it? Reese Iphens. I can never. I, I don't know how to say it. So I just, I, my brain won't remember it. Reese Eifens. Um, so those two guys are in it. You can go home. You can rest easy. That's all you need to know. That's the Thanks end of the spoilers. <laughs> Nothing else happens in this movie. Um, no, but seriously, the one that I actually was the most hyped for and had been rumored for a while, and then it was kind of shut down. But I felt Feige kind of wrecked it because he confirmed that Charlie Cox was going to be uh, Daredevil in the MCU. We get to see Daredevil in the MCU. We get to see him in a movie. Charlie Cox shows up as Matt Murdock, catches a brick. I love that moment. And he's like, yeah, how did you do I'm that? I'm a lawyer. really good lawyer. I just I love that. it. So good. I was so hyped. That was easily, for me, the part that I was most hyped about with all the stuff. Because I love I loved Daredevil season one. I love I like two. I have never watched three because at that point, the Netflix series were kind of dying out. And I'm like, what's the point? Um, mm-hmm. But now they're all canon. So I got to go watch this, the third season because I got to know what happens. Um, spoiler oh, for Hawkeye episode know. five. But well, so I didn't know that Feige had confirmed that. So that was news to mm-hmm. me. Just you saying that. Yeah, it, I was, uh, I, I have way too many news sources on my Instagram feed. So there was like a <laughs> bunch of Feige confirms Charlie Cox. Didn't say how, just that he would be daredevil in the future. And then sure enough, he shows up as Matt gotcha. Murdock in Spider-Man. Um, but what you said you knew the the Hawkeye's reveal? Uh, I do know the the big Hawkeye reveal, and I kind of uh, on the non spoiler episode, I did say that they're going to reveal the the kind of canonicity of said character's backstory in the next episode. So, Kingpin, <laughs> yeah, are, are they are they going to be? Uh, is that going to be canon? Apparently, that in the next episode, yeah. there's going to be a definitive answer to whether or not. The, the Netflix show is canon. 
Well, I think that coupled with Charlie Cox says it is right. Like there has to be. Yeah, I um, mean, yeah, bringing in two of the 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 two big characters but, from that thing. So everybody else saw Kingpin revealed, and then Charlie Cox. People who were in my advantage who got to see Spider-Man before Hawkeye episode five had the reverse. Like I saw Charlie Cox and then the next day I'm like, oh, we're getting Kingpin here, aren't we? And sure enough, here he comes. I'm like, oh man. And now they alluded to Kingpin in like the first episode of Hawkeye. Like there's a hand pinching a cheek of a character that definitely has the vibe of Kingpin. Um, And so like they had already kind of alluded to it and I was speculating it. And then Charlie Cox in Spider-Man confirmed it to me. And then the next day I got Hawkeye episode five and there he was. I'm like, okay, kind of there he was. He's, he's a picture in that. So he hasn't actually shown up on screen yet outside of a picture, but, um, it's there. He's there. He's him. I'm very hyped for that possibility, especially because I don't know if you got ever caught the Punisher Netflix series, uh, parts of it, you know, me with streaming series. Yep. I like Bernthal as Punisher though. So I'm down for him to maybe be canon. So, you know. Whether or not that he would be the Burnthal Punisher or a toned down version. Which I don't know that, like, yeah, he's, you got to keep him away. I don't think he should be a prominent figure, but there was a cool arc with Spider-Man at one point and Punisher in the comics. Um, like, so there's, there's ways to bring him in as a ancillary character. Obviously Daredevil, that's what they started with. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, Obviously, okay. Matt, what, what's the real big spoiler here? Well, I was, I was going to say, most people here would be like coming in thinking, that's probably not the reveals I thought they were going to talk about ahead to start with, but I, best, I suppose it's, be, it's best actually to get anything else out of the way first, because the big spoiler is um, Mr. Dickovich didn't turn up to claim his rent. He never came through the portals um, asking for his rent after he'd fixed that damn door. But uh, man, now the big reveal. Obviously, there was we knew that the villains were coming back. We'd seen in the trailers that pretty much everyone was coming back. The film told us that everybody who knew of Peter Parker was basically fair game to enter this universe, even though Electro didn't know who Peter Parker was. But uh, that aside, we all were, the, the the rumors were Toby and Andrew, you know, the goats and the young pretender. Were they going to turn up, my man? The my cinema erupted when yep. they turned up, my friend. When as soon as Ned, who's now magic, but he did, they did kind of mention it at the beginning of the film that apparently his nan said, "Oh, we, they think we got magic in our family." Ned opened that portal, that damn alleyway, and you could just tell by the gate of that man that, that wasn't Tom Holland. People woke up. People, it was, it was like a, it was like a swell. It was people, go, ah, 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 yeah. And then he came in. And as soon as you saw the suit, that was it. And then he. Cut the, the the mask comes off, the place went berserk. But then, yeah, this bit okay. The, the the whole this whole part was very telegraphed and it was very set up for a crowd pleasing moment because straight after they've done their bit, Ned's like, "Well, that wasn't the Peter Parker I was looking for. Maybe if I just keep doing it, I'll find the one we are looking for." It's like, okay, <laughs> it was clearly there because they knew the reaction they would get. I ate it up. The, the portal opens and the goat comes out and somehow some way justifiably to me the the, the place went even more bonkers for toby people yeah. were shouting toby there was like a chant toby toby i was like he can't hear you but this is great and then when they have their face off and they shoot the webs at each other people someone screamed og rules when toby got got bested andrew it was one of those moments my friend where you referenced it in a non-spoiler that seeing it in a kind of more conf- confined 
professional environment was cool, but seeing it with a crowd, especially mm-hmm. being there since the beginning, like you, we, bo- we were both there watching the Raimi films. We both saw the Garfield films. Where there, it, we have those connections with these characters. But for, however, our emotional connection is we were there. Now to see him back in 2021, man, back again and in the same room and the fabulous chemistry between those two and Tom Holland as well. It was something that doesn't, yeah, we, we kind of all thought this was going to happen, but it didn't lessen the impact when it did happen. It was, it was one yeah. of the, again, is it these, these moments seem to come up more. We had Ghostbusters last month. We've got the OG back. Now we've got this thing. We never thought we'd happen with the three live action Spideys on set uh, together or on screen together. Anyway, man, I didn't so, realize how much I needed it, man. I was so against it because it felt like the studio going, Hey, people liked into the spider verse. What if we do that again? I and remember this. Yes, you said this. I was like, that always worries me, man, because we've had Rise of Skywalker, and we, you know, we mm-hmm. were just talking about some of the other things where it's clear that the, like, uh, Dumbledore, uh, you know, that they're oh, they're man. reacting to the, like, they are using social media fan reactions to be free focus groups. Yeah. And unfortunately, the loudest voices on social media don't necessarily speak for the real fans no. either. And so you're getting these, like, very poorly constructed stories. And I was really worried. That's what this would be. But in Feige, we should trust because the man has yet to let me down as a Marvel cinematic universe fan. Even the movies that don't work for me, I still feel like cool. You know, I'm, I'm not upset that it exists. Uh, I thought this movie was so excellent and I was not excited for Andrew or for Toby. I was convinced by the way, I want to say this, um, Andrew Garfield's also in a movie called Tick, Tick, Boom, which is fantastic. Oh, Matt and I both yes. big fans on Netflix. I have put him on my ballot for the CACF best actor for Tick, Tick, Boom. However, I don't think that's fair. I think he deserves it for all of the interviews he did leading up to this movie because <laughs> I believe towards the end, he was so convincing that he wasn't going to be in this movie. But more importantly, I think he, Tom Holland has to take a note from Garfield because Holland notoriously the worst at spoiling things uh, that, <laughs> um, and it's become an internet meme. This is not news by any means, but my God, Garfield convinced me that there was no way he was in this. Like there are tons of interviews you can pull up on YouTube of him on Fallon and him. I think on, uh, I don't even know the other shows anymore, but he did Josh Horowitz's show. He did, um, every and, and talk he, show under the sun. All right. Like I'm not in this movie. I'm so tired of people asking. Never once did it seem like he was tongue in cheek answering. It felt like he was legitimately getting annoyed. Yep. So he when he pulls the mask the off, um, probably because he's also like, but I am in this really great musical that you should watch. But we knew he loved the Spider-Man performance. We knew he felt like he yeah. kind of got the short end of the stick because of bad writing for Amazing Spider-Man 2. And man, does he, he seems so happy to be here. In fact, that's part of the, like the character actually says something along oh. those lines. There's a lot of meta jokes uh, in this. I love um, you guys. I always wanted a brother and stuff like that. Dude, yeah. he was the best part of the film for me. I love Tom Holland in this film. Andrew Garfield was the best part of the film for me because he's just having a blast. There's so many little great moments. Uh, it, they managed to give us a version of Spider-Verse that didn't feel trashy. Uh, there is a, I can't deny I, I love the conversation with Electro and Andrew Garfield talking about what well, I thought you could be black. Um, mm-hmm. And him like saying maybe somewhere. 
Um, I, you know, is it shoehorned in? Yeah, but you know what? I freaking love it. And it's true because uh, it was a conversation, you know? There's a lot of references about Miles Morales um, being we, talked about. him in Homecoming. Yeah, yes. Um, so, you know, we we want that to happen on, on the live screen. Even now, Holland is, is still, like, denying that he's definitely going to be in the next Spider-Man movie. He's not saying he isn't, but he's like, I would be fine with them going in a different direction. I think this movie... One thing, uh, so all of that fan stuff happens. It works. It worked for me who was against it. It worked. I was completely in Toby. I was like, maybe I'm wrong about Toby. I still think I'm right, but take that back. Never. Um, I enjoyed <laughs> that. I thought all the villains were great. I thought Willem Dafoe getting to be visual as the goblin and not in behind yeah. that stupid mask was amazing. He's yep. such a great actor. Like he's not a surprise, so but me. dude, he's so good. And when he turns like, it's so convincing because I totally was believing like the, the cowering the, um, Osborne. And then yeah. when he like snaps in the goblin, he's a different oh, freaking man. performance. It's, um, it's, sometimes people are born for a role. And I know this isn't his defi- defining role, but goddamn, in terms of casting, they yeah. got it right then. And I'm so glad they did because Willem Dafoe as that role, he's just the most menace obviously just his kind of unconventional look but his voice and just his menacing appeal was it's put so, so and, and alfred molino's doc Ock, fabulous cast also which, so which 15 years later whatever is still paying off and honestly you could tell jamie fox was bitter about amazing spider-man 2 and this was a redemption role for him <laughs> yeah, and he, yeah. he owned it yeah man yep everybody everybody did everybody came back slipped back into i thought andrew garfer for me was the best part of the film i thought he was yeah. great but, he, but then his his amazing spider-man was always kind of pretty he was always kind of cool anyway but bouncy but he's kind of verve i liked toby mcguire in this for somebody who hasn't acted well he has acted as but uh, while, not as though. much Been a while i thought he was i thought he was fine i thought he was good sorry i thought everyone no, was good i, I was thought he was very I think he fit that role really well of being the elder statesman kind of yeah, thing. He, I thought he, he did, stepped into the, it. And the jokes that they got in, like with his back, I, that made me die. Mm-hmm. So my yes. back, I was like, um, and him and Andrew sort of uh, clicking his back out. But I think the, the chemistry between those two was marvelous, but the three of them together when they're on the scaffold and there's talking uh-huh. you know, about the web shooters and all that. And, that it's, and, and when they're in a science lab, like you alluded to in the non-spoiler, it's just, it's just great. You know, some of the best moments, with this when they were all just talking and bantering yep but we did get the money shot in on the scaffolding when all three of them come together like right we need a plan trust your senses and then we get the shot of all three of them swinging into action and there was again when they came out of the portals the place went wild when when that what happened all three of them it honestly it was like I said, it's like a football stadium the place was, was. rocking it was unreal I, and even when jamie fox said i thought i thought you were black i, I Oh, I thought uh, I was whenever there's a black Spider-Man out there. People were going crazy for that as well because we know there is. Uh, yeah. And Miles Morales is such a cool character as well. Yes. There were so many little moments in this and Charlie Cox got a lot of um, love as well. So many cool moments in this that um, got the audience going. But for me, I mentioned as well, I think the ending, I'm glad that the ending wasn't some kind of big party. They, they, they We had our moment, you know, everybody faded away. It's very sad. And then we got... You know, now we've got to address that everyone's come. The multiverse has been shattered thanks to Goblin. They're all coming through. Tom, you know, Peter, Tom's Peter to Parker, Peter one, you know, make everyone forget me, everybody. And then the dinosaur, sorry, the cafe, the coffee shop scene at the end. Perfect mm-hmm. way 
to win this. It, it didn't end on a party. It didn't end on a celebration. It wasn't like a victory lap of Feige and John Watts patting himself on the back. They did that, but then they went back to the story at hand, which was Tom Holland, Zendaya, uh, Jacob Batlong's character, Ned, MJ and Peter, and the aftermath. A perfect, perfect, kind of bittersweet way to end it. And it's possibly the most, for me, it may be the best ending of the MCU. I know you said it's one of maybe your favorite MCU. I think this is the best ending of an MCU film because we got, we, look, we got our big CG fight fest, but and I loved yeah. it. But then yeah. we had and, that more solemn ending. And with that ending, they also maybe did one of the smartest things they've done in the MCU, which is they've given us the opportunity to have a Spider-Man movie that isn't grounded in the MCU. Yeah. Um, spot- they've reset the, the chessboard. Like as much as I've enjoyed Zendaya as MJ. And I like, uh, I like, Ned's Jacob worn Batman. on me over the movies. I really love him in the first film. I think he's fine in the second film. I kind of like the romantic dynamic with him and, and Betsy in that, but in this yes. movie, he does feel like a third wheel a lot, even when they try not to make him that. Cause at one point I thought they were going to go with the third wheel story arc. Cause like he keeps showing up. He's talking about living with them at MIT. And it's like, you can't quite tell how MJ feels early, but then th- that drops completely. And it's like, they're fine with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's he's fine. I don't dislike him or whatever. But he is like there's a lot going on in these movies already. But they've made it now because they both got into MIT and they're going to Boston. And it looks like Peter is establishing himself in New York. Yeah. So they can pull them out of the movies completely in the next story. So it could be and none of the they, Avengers know who he is as well. At least not Parker. They know Spider Man exists. We have to assume that he was a part of all of the the nonsense. But. They don't know who he is. Like, so they have no way to contact him. He's no connection to happy, which means he has no fun. He has no funding or equipment from Stark. Yep. We have reset the board where he is the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man and they backdoored something we haven't talked about, but as we have to at least mention may dies, he gets Dude, his yeah, uncle Ben origin. Story. Well, yeah, it's funny because we haven't had the origin story. I think Peter's mentioned a few times. Yeah. You know, I got bitten by a spider, but we haven't had that story, but they flipped it in this in this film and and we, and we get the line as well the comic accurate line of with great power there must come great responsibility what a way to what a way to kind of give uh marissa tomei's character that kind of important send-off you didn't just feel like a throwaway character who's given more to do in this film and that was that was a turning point of one of the terms of the film as well for me i mentioned i was a bit i was fine with the first 40 minutes or so i it it, it felt very choppy and Rise of Skywalker pacing because they were clearly rushing to get to the, the fun multiverse stuff, if you will. But um, yeah, that was a turning point. That's when Tom Holland's Peter finally realized, right, this is what it's like to be Spider-Man. This is what it, what I, what I, what it can cost me. And his arc begins there, you know, the vengeful rageful arc, which culminates at the end in the, in the battle on Cap's shield, which will sound mm-hmm. like you haven't seen the film, but it's a big moment, man. Yeah, like you say, it's it's you know it's not Uncle Ben this time. It's it's Aunt May, which it's almost sadder. In a lot of, I mean, because Ben's always in the other movies. We only get a few minutes with Ben. We've had three movies with with Aunt May, and granted, she's yeah. always in the background and and not not present. But she, Marissa Tomei, is like a pretty powerhouse performer. Like she yeah. owns Oscar the scenes winner. she gets. Yeah, like she's there and she does a lot with those scenes and. um there's a lot of little jokes with them. Like I love the whole, like they think they catch them having sex, but really they're like running from the paparazzi. (laughs) Uh, Like that whole interaction is hilarious. And 
it's all her like may's own in those moments and even like the happy and her like breakup is funny (laughs) um but yeah she's a much more fleshed out character and again even if you are a spider-man fan you know may because may is the one who lived so she's been a part of all of the stories Mm -hmm. so as a character idea losing her is is devastating as it is to peter you know um he's now got no one and by the end of the film he literally has no one but he's got no like father or mother figure in his life anymore or of any capacity and like that the the scene with happy at the at may's uh grave is is powerful um the scene at the coffee shop is powerful and then getting to see him having stitched a suit together on a what sewing cool machine, looking suit a, like a very traditional looking suit mm-hmm. um especially that's been what a complaint a lot of people have had is him having the super suit um, and having like the voice, you know, the whole Jennifer Conley in the first film, and I forget who takes it over. Um, People have complained about that. Well, guess what? It looks like we're not going to have that anymore. And I I do hope he does a number four because they've set up such a cool movie because he could meet Gwen um, because Gwen has not been a part of this universe. And it could be that maybe Zendaya is not in the next movie, but maybe she comes back and they meet for the first time, you know, like maybe MIT finishes, she comes back to New York, or maybe he goes to Boston. Either way, I think you, you have this cool new chessboard set up that I would love to see them explore. I think he'll be back because there's, there's word as well that uh, Black Cat will come in, Felicia Hardy will be the love Ooh, interest. Yes. You know, Another cool one. At the same time being like that kind of ancillary villain as well of the piece. Um, I think he'll be back. I don't, uh, I think he's kind of, everyone's kind of like pussyfooting around the point in a minute. I think it's just because this film's just come out. Let's let everyone ride the wave and then let's announce it. I think he's definitely coming back. And I do. Last thing I want to talk about, I feel like it's necessary. The first post credit scene, we see Tom Hardy. Oh man. Yeah. Um, Okay. Tom Hardy is not going to be a part of this MCU Spider-Man. I don't think, but Venom now is. Or at least the symbiote. symbiote. Yeah, the symbiote he left a little bit there with Danny Rojas. Um, because I, I was, you know, I kind of, I did wonder, like, how did he know he's Peter Parker? But I guess the news report on Venom was that. And 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 I've watched a few videos, and they've said that when when Tom Hardy's on the bed at the end of Let There Be Carnage, and Venom says, you know, we are as the, 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 the us symbiotes are hive minded. So basically, every iteration of Venom has sh- they all have the same memories. They they collectively pool their uh, memories or minds. Therefore, the Topher Grace Venom is a symbiote. Therefore, his experiences will be part of the shared hive mind. Hence, why Venom was able to be pulled along. But I did wonder that as well. I was like, hmm, is it is that is this symbiote kind of now so attached to Tom Hardy? Eddie, Tom Hardy's Eddie Brock. That they're going to bring him in, but. I, th- I don't think they are. It's a shame because I'd love to see him face off against some of the Avengers, but uh, I don't think they will bring Tom Hardy in. But it was a fun uh, post-credit scene, if anything. I, my only other, the only complaint I have is that for years they've been speculating a Sinister Six villain movie. Yes, we got five, and here's all of Vulture, one of our favorite villains in the MCU, not used. Like, come on, and Which more. He's in Morbius. Yeah, yeah, and they alluded to Scorpion at the end of the first movie, and he was supposed to be in the second movie, but they cut him out. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's a sixth villain here, guys. Like, why are we not just going to make it Sinister Six? Like, why don't we make it Sinister Six? Um, it's like 
you're right there. You might as well give it to us while we can have it in a cool way. Because any other way, it's just going to be from that the same universe. Here we have a multiverse, Sinister Six, waiting to happen. And we don't get it. It's like, I feel like that's that where they dropped the ball. In the next trilogy, do you think that's how the next trilogy will, will culminate in a Sinister Six? And that's how we then potentially set up a new Spider-Man after that. Tom Holland does six, well, six Spidey films. Uh, and then he either passes the torch or dies in that film or sacrifices, which then opens the door for you, the next could, Spider-Man. Could you imagine if they do the, the death of Spider-Man like arc from uh, the ultimate series? Like that would be pretty crazy. It would be wild. I mean, I, uh, it'd be again, it, like you said, I mean, the hero has to have some weight and has to have some vulnerability. It, it, it depends how it's done, of course. If they want to go that way, fine. If it's if it's cheap, then it cheapens the films that come before. If it's a sacrifice, it can be cheesy. Depends how it's done. Or they could have him ride off into the sunset and have you know Miles Morales or whoever take over, and then we can kind of then that can also act as like a again a victory lap for Tom Holland. It's like you know we're not going to kill you off. You're not, you're not coming back as Spider Man, but. We're not going to kill you off. You've earned your rest in universe and out of universe, but that could be where they're going with it. My friend, and if they are, how, how do you top no way home? Will you introduce a sinister six? You plant the seeds in the next film. Indeed. So, uh, but no, yeah, I think, Oh, uh, trying to think of anything else. I think that's the major, the major, um, the major point. I think the music, by the way, was great. Giacchino's score was great. in the way he blended, Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield's theme. All I wanted to hear was Toby's theme again. And we heard heard it a few times when he uh, spoke with Doc Ock at the end. And I was like, this is hitting me right in the feels, man. I'm bawling my eyes out here. I just needed to hear that song. And I did it just at the right moment. I was like, this is it. This is great. With Ghostbusters first and now this. What a time to be a geek. But also what a time to have well-handled nostalgia thrown our way. So, um... I think that's all from me. Anything from yourself to end on that, my friend? I think that's perfect. I think we've hit all the major spoilers from the from the movie. Yes, and Mr. Ditkovich isn't in it to collect his rent. So um, that is our spoiler review of Spider-Man No Way Home. Please let us know what you thought about the film. If you didn't like the reveals, did Toby and Andrew just not work for you? Would you rather have not been in a film? Uh, let us know what you thought. Uh, you can do that by following the podcast online. You can find us on Twitter at BAMP underscore podcast, B-A-M-P underscore podcast. On Twitter, on Instagram, John, we are? At Bloody Awesome Movie Pod. And if you want to uh, find us individually, you can. You can find me, what I watch tonight, dot co dot UK, uh, what I watch tonight, of course, all the socials and letterboxed, John and yourself. I'm at BurkeReviews.com and at BurkeReviews on all the socials. Yes, sir. And in your dreams, too. You certainly should be. If you like what you've heard, please do share us with your movie-loving friends, especially if they've got ears who like podcasts. Uh, and please consider leaving five-star reviews on your podcast provider of choice and the Anchor FM, which have now uh, got a rating system. So uh, every five-star rating gets more listeners in, helps us grow, which... Uh, it's what we want, and we want to hear more f- uh, from you guys each and every week. We're all film fans. So, thank you for listening. Uh, sorry if we spoiled the film for you. But with that, as always, stay bloody awesome. And keep watching movies. Awesome!